I want to see what that dad bot can do out there. I manhandle that little baby. It's football to the ref words. I'm your host, Michael Gellum. I've got Zach Lyons here with me, and we hope you're having a good day. And we're always brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Come check us out. It's football season. It's actually football season. We have a brunches report <laughs> from Jim Wyatt. So we are definitely going to be discussing an actual upcoming Titans game today. And a what couple of think, other things. What do you think of his new way of telling people or previewing it with the well, guy uh, jumping into the pairs of pants? It was... It was, uh, I like that he's getting cute with it. I really like that Jim has his own, like, I don't, this seems pretty unique in the NFL about just like, he's got a cult following for that Bridges report. I mean, people, people like, are look all about forward it. to it big time. I love it. It reminds me of those currently weird Kroger commercials, uh, of the, the, the CGI, I guess, is what you call it, or the yeah. animated thing. I mean, it, it they're they're just weird commercials, and I'm I'm so sick of these Applebee's commercials. And I who 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 thinks Applebee's and fancy are synonymous? So the, there are two commercials currently. The Applebee's commercial is horrific, and and it it needs to go. And it's mainly because it, it was being played every commercial break. And I just, the song and the day, it's awful. Where did they get all this money from? That's a great (laughs) point. Who was it that tweeted out? It may have been Emily Proud. I I may be attributing it to somebody wrong, but someone tweeted out like my first takeaways from college football week one are so-and-so's team looks bad and Applebee's has an enormous amount of money for advertising. They must've just been saving it up like the past decade or something. Like, do you, it, do you really are you do you want a, a TV dinner that bad that you're going to drive somewhere to sit down and have someone microwave it and bring it to your table? When is the last time you set foot in an Applebee's? Wow. I, it was a, for work and it's been over four years ago when it was in Memphis that I, and, and I don't even think we ate anything. The last time I ate at an Applebee's, I think, has been over a decade. So uh, I graduated high school in Columbia, Tennessee, small town, right? There's not much there. There is an Applebee's and Ruby Tuesday. So after our 10-year high school reunion, the only place that was open was an Applebee's. And we went and took over that place and drank them dry in Applebee's for a 10-year high school reunion. Did they have the unlimited apps thing when you went? Oh, I don't know. We were just, I mean, it was like, 10 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. I mean, that's how, that's how small Columbia was back, back in the day. It's a lot bigger, uh, well, a lot bigger. It's bigger now and has a lot more restaurants and all this stuff, but man, it, it was, it was tough sledding. Well, I, w- I went to college at MTSU. And the reason why I asked is because it, as much as I trash Applebee's now, Applebee's was a lifesaver as a college student because they had this unlimited apps, like happy hour thing. And I mean, you know, as a broke college kid, you could go in there with $30, have a couple of beers, and it, it, you could eat until you absolutely want to throw up. We, we did uh, Chili's. We did two-for-ones at Chili's in Memphis. So, uh, uh, and a bunch of people that you knew usually worked a shift at Chili's, right? So, yeah, not only would you get two-for-ones, you may get technically four-for-ones, or you get bottomless nachos or something, or bottomless chips and dip. I went, I got so drunk one day, and I had, I couldn't miss a class. I had to go to class. 
I went to class, fell asleep through the whole thing. <laughs> I I can tell you that the unlimited apps at Applebee's, that there's a limit. That there is a limit both to what you can actually handle and what they're willing to keep bringing you. At some point, they're just going to tell you to stop, and you, you can't really argue. It's like the bottomless pasta bowl. It's not really bottomless when you get to a certain point, you know, over at uh, Olive Garden. The second commercial was on 104.5 The Zone yesterday, and it's advertising USA Today's, like, streaming plus service or something. The ad literally starts off with two guys going, hey, sports fans, and then they just start screaming, ah, 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 for 10 straight seconds doing that. I had no idea what I was listening to. I thought it was a mistake. I guess they were trying to make the impression of, we're just as excited as you are. So we're sports fans as well. So check out this new streaming service. You can't have a commercial where it sounds like two grown dudes orgasming for 10 seconds and expect that to be a successful radio ad. I thought that they were actually looping a commercial by mistake and almost turned it off. Stop it. Whoever radio- writes radio commercials. Oh God. They need to be shipped into the sun because Every radio commercial is trash. Every single one of them. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter what radio station you're on, whether you're on Sirius XM, whether you're on FM and it's 1025 or 1045. Every fucking one is the worst fucking commercial I've ever seen. And I didn't really think it would get any better th- or worse than um was the hardwood flooring commercial from a couple of years ago that kept playing and playing. Yeah. Now it's the junk fairy or one eight hundred got junk, and those silly commercials and the one hour mitt commercials. I mean, all these just God, they're so terrible. I don't know. I don't know what has happened to, I guess, radio ad agencies or whatever. But the people writing these commercials are the fucking worst, and I think they know it. I think they know that they are literally torturing people who listen to their ads and they're and they're doing it on purpose i think they're making bad ads on purpose i'm like you i'm convinced they're doing it on purpose and i will say this if there's anyone out there that is an ad executive or we'll play your ads (laughs) yeah well not only play your ads i'll do the voiceover because whoever is allowing the client at these places to do the voiceover for their own business should be beaten with a whip because that's i'm sorry you you should not allow your client to do their own ad read because it sounds as bad as it comes across mealy mouth they don't know how to speak just stop it what what tangent are we on seven minutes into this podcast i'm I know. Very sorry for those listening you before the, the class or before the we start recording you go yeah i think we'll be out of here about 45 minutes i'm thinking nah no, no way. <laughs> ten, 10 minutes of bloviating about Applebee's commercials. For the two of you that are still left, we actually do have some topics we want to get to. And we're going to start with uh, news that came out on Tuesday, day after Labor Day. Uh, the Titans restructured Julio's contract. Now, the reason why we bring this up is because it had me asking in our chat, like a lot of people were asking on Twitter and kind of speculating, was this restructure done For the Titans to try to bring a player in, even as goofy as that sounds five days before the first game, it was kind of the first place my brain went. Or is there another reason? So I asked that question to you, Zach, because actually I think you got a good answer for it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible or anything, right? I mean, obviously you want to operate within the cap 
and have enough space to be able to bring people in for either injuries or depth. Um, so here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people look at the depth chart, and we'll get into the depth chart, and look at that right tackle position and see that Dylan Radins is currently listed as a right guard and that we have, are apparently starting three people at right tackle. Look, Mitchell Schwartz, I am telling you, he's not coming out of retirement. And if he did, it's going to cost a lot more chunk of change because this guy's remodeling his house right now. And he's remodeling his house because I just saw him posted this huge picture talking about his prep space on an island. So he's remodeling his house. He is doing all kinds of stuff with PFF, with different radio shows, podcast shows, video shows. The dude is enjoying retirement. And let me say something. I know that we're not big Jeff believers. Mitchell is awesome. He's an awesome follow. He tells it like it is. He likes the NFLPA on fire, kind of like what we do. So I'm 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 a big Mitchell fan. And I would love for him to be a Tennessee Titan, but the guy's still recovering from an injury. He's not 100% healthy. And I just don't think he really wants to come back. Now, does that mean he won't come back for a certain price? No. I mean, I mean, you see people in retirement talk come out of retirement all the time. I just don't think this move was made for Mitchell Schwartz. I don't I don't think this move, move was made for any specific player. Now, there are a lot of players still out there. I think Geno Atkins is still out there, which would be a great addition. But right now, heading into week one, I don't expect a big move. I think this is for some rollover relief because when you really look at it, you want we didn't see the Tennessee Titans carry over a lot into 2020 when the cap was in a down year. And while the cap is going up in or 2021, while the cap's going up in 2022, it's not going up a considerable amount. And I think the big leap is going to happen in 2023. And saying that, you want to carry over this cap space. I think currently the Tennessee Titans rank 15th in cap space after being in the bottom with this restructure. And really, when you start looking at it, 2022 uh, or 2024 and 2025, his signing bonuses, those are void years. That means he's not technically under contract, but those cap hits still count under the cap. So technically dead money. So it's 2.8 mil and 2.8 mil. In 2024 and 2025, that's going to be like 1% of the cap. You know, I know that's not, it's like 10% or something like that, but it's going to be a very minimal amount that you're carrying. So I think this was a move made in being able to give Julio some money up front because now he's received all that money that they converted into a signing bonus and he's received that money. But it's also with the future in mind next year and in 2024 and 2025. It's going to be used, right? It's not just going to sit there and they're never going to sign anybody because obviously there's going to be injuries. There's going to be players cut. There may be people you trade for. I don't think it's with anybody in mind. I definitely don't think it's for Mitchell Schwartz, and it's they're definitely not trading for OJ Dick Fingers Howard. No one can ever accuse me of Bama bias, by the way, because I will light the world on fire to make sure that Rashawn Evans and O.J. Howard burns with it. You got me so off guard. Okay, for anyone listening, if you want to know this about me, you're going to learn it now. 
calling a wide receiver or anybody in the NFL dick fingers is the easiest way to get me to laugh. You want to ruin my, you, you want to ruin something for me in public and make Lebowski giggle like a dumbass? Just say the word dick fingers because I can't handle it. I'm well, Ed, Ed Dixon was the original dick fingers, if I'm not mistaken, in our fantasy podcast when yes. we used to do that. Yeah, Ed Dick fingers Dickerson um, or Dixon. Uh, okay, so that's that's what I'm I'm kind of glad to hear is that it's basically the Titans building themselves a security net for, right. for the season for emergencies or whatever it is. And that's the point I want to get across, but like you said, Julio gets paid up front. It's because I always see people throw out other, the, you know, the salary cap is fake, which we've discussed a lot. I know that there are portions of it or probably the whole thing is fake, but, um, but it's not like the Titans magically made money disappear. It's just that they have to pay the player up front right now. But it it struck you know it structures it out so it works better for the team, and that rollover money going into next year, I mean that's not insignificant. So it's I, I'm like you. Doesn't seem like it's to bring a player in. It's for the Titans to get ahead of themselves going into the season to build themselves an emergency fund. It makes it better for them, you know, next year as the money starts to get a little tighter. Well, well, right now, you know, they can roll over about 15 mil. Let's say that the season ended today and your whatever you got today is rolling over. So it's 15 mil, which is top 10. Actually, it's number 10 uh, among all 32 teams. Last year, they rolled over $2.3 million from 2020. So they operated around 5 million i feel like almost the whole year last year and we saw the tennessee titans struggle with depth right when people went out with injuries they pretty much had to patchwork it with whatever they had or whatever was cheapest because they didn't have this money this is this is money that could be used for either injuries depth or just letting it roll over and taking advantage of uh increase in cap and a high rollover number don't ever drink a caffeinated energy drink and try to record a podcast. This is stupid. I do that I, every time I record. I don't see how you do it. I'm sitting here like about to burp and I'm having to mute myself. And not to mention this thing tastes like ass. Cherry Coca-Cola energy drink is horrific. You got to go with Celsius. I've been drinking Celsius's almost every day for like five years. This is my coffee. I don't drink coffee. I drink the Celsius. It's all natural. Good flavors. Celsius, it gets Zach up in the morning. Well, that sounded perverted. Um, <laughs> let's okay. I want to talk about the attendance issue. It, it, not attendance. I'm sorry. The actual being able to get into Nissan Stadium. I, I know this. The preseason stuff kind of happened a couple of weeks ago, but we haven't had a chance to bring it up. And I, I've definitely got some points I want to hit on. Now, since the preseason debacle, if you want to call it, about trying to get fans into the last preseason game. The Titan, or excuse me, Nissan Stadium has now hosted a World Cup qualifier with the U.S. men's team versus Canada, which went to a tie, which everybody loves in soccer. Um, but they were able to bring in 40,000 fans plus, and Nissan Stadium seemed to handle entry and concessions without a problem. However, backing up to the, the final preseason game, uh, the Titans' Nissan Stadium staff looked unfortunately inept at getting people in to the stadium on time. And apparently that we don't have pictures or video to back the second point up, but fan accounts were saying that food was running out at concessions and that concession lines were really long. Now let me give a caveat to that. There was a lightning delay right before the fans 
had to go to the gates and they, the team asked Nissan stadium operations, asked fans to stay in their cars, I think for about 30 minutes while the storm blew over. So there was that B the only pictures and video that we have to corroborate this are the picture of one line, one entrance of the stadium that admittedly looks like a pretty unfortunate line that you and I have seen in person before, Mm -hmm. but as, as hard as I am on Nissan stadium operations and I, (laughs) I'm not quiet about it. Zach is not quiet about it. Mike, in his non-retirement, I'm sure we'll be tweeting out about dollhouses and all kinds of crap this year. In like a in like a 500 uh, tweet thread. I mean, like, yeah. give me a break. He's writing Grantland articles. He's basically quit writing articles to put them in his tweets. He quit I don't writing get it. articles. He's getting. <laughs> he quit writing articles. He's going to be on Tumblr later this week. But yeah, uh, where I'm going with this is that. Do you feel like Nissan Stadium actually has still has an operational problem of getting fans in? Is it too early to say? Where, where do you stand on this? Look, I, I stand. It's easy for people who aren't employers and aren't trying to get staff into their own businesses to sit there and criticize a business struggling with employment. I think, I think it's very easy. And I I think it's kind of cheap in my opinion, because I am an employer looking to hire people. And right now I get 14 applicants one week, I'll get zero interviews to actually come in because all people have to do is show the unemployment office that they're applying, just applying and they can keep their unemployment. So look, <laughs> yep. I, I sympathize with Nissan stadium. Who's obviously trying to improve and I get it. We got to see results. They're always trying. This is not a new issue and it's not an issue just for Tennessee. It is hard to get into normal general attendance areas. Now, if you're going to the press box, the press box has their own entrance at Nissan stadium, much like other stadiums. And if you're going into the um, suites, suites have their own entrance, right? But back in 2008 and a couple of the years before that, that I've been to home games and it's been like this. This is not a new issue. The I, I have a problem with just lambasting and destroying an organization where half the people didn't even show up to fucking work that day. Like I have a hard time blaming Nissan for that. Like, well, what what is the point in that? I mean, they're they're you're just piling on uh, organization that just got shat on by tw- you know 200, 300 people that just decided, hey, I'm not fucking showing up to work today. I mean, that's a, that's a huge you know problem. But I also have a problem with that it's all the organization's fault because I've been in these lines. I know that there are people that are being told that they have to. Uh, you know, empty out their purse. And then you have that woman screaming, well, you know, this is my purse and what am I going to do? Well, you know, it's been like this for five fucking years. Put (laughs) put your shit in a plastic bag. Why are you bringing your purse in? You need a phone and you need an ID because if you're with a guy, he should be paying for your drinks, in my opinion. But what, what the fuck? You know, like put your wallet in with the guy's stuff. I, I I don't get that. And then you got people I'm sure not even bringing out their phones, don't even have the app downloaded that um, 
you know, when you get to the concession stand, bet they don't even have their ID out when they're trying to buy an alcoholic drink. Like, give me a break. It's not all the organization's fault. I've been inside that stadium. I know that people are fucking idiots and fucking lazy. It's it's simple. When you go to the concession stand, have your credit card out, have your ID out, be ready to buy, and be ready with your fucking order. If you're waiting until you get up into the menu to order your, your well, it was shitty-ass Papa John's pizza. Damn it. Damn it, Nissan, you took away... I know, you know one of the things I wanted to hate on. We can't make hot circle of garbage jokes. Yeah. Um, if if you don't have your what you want ready for your Slim and Huskies pizza, by the time you get up to the line, that's on you. You know, that's not on the staff that you don't fucking know that you want a beer and a pizza and what kind you want. You know, that's on you. And then on top of that, if you don't have your shit out when you get up to the ticket line, I think you should be made to go to the back of the line. I'm sorry you don't have your phone out. Yo, you're waiting to download an app when we have the shittiest Wi-Fi in America and it's all congested here because of all the signals. Bye. (laughs) Back of the line, bitch. And on top of that, Nissan Stadium puts out tweets saying which lines and which gates are experiencing slowness. If you see that, if you're not following Nissan Stadium, first off, go do that. If you see that and you choose to ignore that, that's on you. It's essentially I, I I have a hard time blaming the staff when they're doing the best what they can. Not everybody wants to come work on a Sunday for a Titans football game in in September heat and deal with you know all these assholes, these drunken assholes. Not everybody wants to do that, and the people that do it they may not be very good at it because this is the only job they can get. So in my mind. It's hard for me as an employer to really just bash the stadium. Do they have issues? Yes. But they know they have issues, right? Um, All the people that work at Nissan Stadium know they have issues. It's not an easy fix. It's not as easy as you think, especially in a pandemic. And I think if you were an employer trying to actually employ people, you'd fucking realize that. And fair enough. And and I'll start with... Let me start with kind of my negative side first. It's the, yes, the Titans organization is trying to fix an issue in the middle of a pandemic with one of the worst, you know, hiring. I don't even know the right words for it, but I'm with you. The portion of my business that is retail is me working with um, retailers that are, they're trying to staff their stores and they're having the exact same problems you are, Zach. I, I mean, I, I hear it all day from 35 different people it's it's atrocious and I, and there is no easy fix for it um but where i do kind of discount nissan stadium on this is that if you were still trying to fix this coming into this year like come on <laughs> this has been a problem for a while why are why are you still trying to address this now that being said it's pretty hard to criticize the organization for being short staffed in the middle of a pandemic that 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 is every single retail. If you've been to a sit-down restaurant anywhere in the last six to eight months, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You almost have to go in with the expectation of I know the service may not be great. I know I may see three different waiters and not actually be able to talk to somebody for more than five seconds, but this is the gamble I took to go out to eat instead of me having to cook. Well, and how that, many restaurants have you been to that you don't see a now right. hiring sign? <laughs> like, that's the thing. I, yeah. every, everybody has a, no hire, a now hiring sign outside their establishment. Unfortunately, the way we are, 
with the general public is you almost have to try to prepare for the dumbest group possible. I say this because I'm not even going to mince words. We have a large group of individuals in this country right now that are eating horsey paste to try to get rid of something that they could take a shot for. And they're shitting their brains out, eating something that is made for cattle and horses. So unfortunately, that's the kind of people we're dealing with. So where I'm talking about making it dummy proof is that, yes, Nissan Stadium tweets out the best gates to enter. But I am thinking of a large demographic that walks up to that stadium that probably either doesn't even know what Twitter is or are downloading the app on their phone for the first time to get a ticket, much less get on social media, right? So what I mean by that is I feel like the stadium could better serve itself by having some sort of LED boards outside that are almost like the airport or interstates that are like gates one, two, and three are a fucking disaster. <laughs> gates five, six, and seven wide open. Come on down here with arrows pointing to where they should go. That, you know, that, that would, that's a relatively low cost initiative that could help out. The other part I have with the staffing piece is that, and again, I'm going to speak out of my ass here because this could be some sort of NFL contract situation that we don't know about. But the Titans for years and are still doing it. Nissan Stadium buses in employees from Atlanta, Cincinnati, surrounding cities, right? Pays those staff X number of dollars per hour. I think it's like $15 an hour to work and then they're bused home. I kind of feel like, especially the, the push that Nissan Stadium and the Titans are making to have local vendors inside Slim and Huskies. You know, these, these are great moves that I'm glad to see them make. I think you could turn around and announce pretty loudly, we're paying local workers 25 to 28 bucks an hour to come work a game day. It's four hours. We'll pay you 500 bucks a piece. You get to be at Nissan Stadium. You know the pitch, right? Now, I say that in a perfect world, right? Because you know exactly what I know being in the retail world of that you could announce you're paying $30 an hour right now. You're still going to get 14 to 15 people who come apply and don't show up for interviews because they want to just keep unemployed. I, I have a work. signing. Listen, I have a signing bonus listed right. on mine and I still can't get people. So that caveat I say with staff is in a perfect world. Let's, let's pretend the pandemic is gone, which is something I pretend every morning before I start crying. Um, <laughs> but, you know, is that, if that's the case, I really do feel like Nissan Stadium could make some pretty serious strides and maybe even make a little bit of NFL national news by saying we're going to be the first team that 100% hires and staffs local on game days instead of bussing in outside help. Because I'm sure there are still quite a few people in the city that probably would work game day if you paid a pretty healthy wage and it wouldn't take much more out of the pockets of the team to pay, you know, a pretty good amount for the game day. So my arguments stand at that is that Nissan stadium needs to still work the logistics around the dumbest people imaginable and try to find a way to hire local. If, and when that situation actually presents itself and we're not still dealing with this, you know, Delta variant, gamma variant, move variant, whatever keeps coming out with the damn coronavirus. Well, I also think, you know, you're talking about, you know, flashing signs or whatever, you know, when people are driving into the stadium and the guy is checking your parking pass, I guess the parking passes are digital anyway, but when he's scanning yeah. it, you obviously have the app, right? I mean, I'm assuming that it's the same app, you know, I, I just, 
I don't know. I don't know how many gates were open for the preseason game. That could have been an issue too, because if obviously if they have a staffing shortage and there may have been a limited number of gates, it's hard to cram. I don't know how many people were at the actual game. I would assume over 40 K probably over 50 K it's hard to cram those many people in two gates when that's all you got open. And then it goes back to the staffing issue. People just not showing up for work. So it is what it is. I've, I've been to Kansas city. I've been to Buffalo. I've been to Atlanta. I've been to a bunch of different places. It is, it is the same everywhere. And it is not, it's look, it's a, it's a pain in the ass to get to Bridgestone Arena and get in Bridgestone Arena. If you're not parking at Music City Convention Center and you're coming in anywhere from downtown and having to crawl through Broadway where they're playing Duck Duck Goose and they have fucking party tractors <laughs> flying through, it's a bitch to get to a Bridgestone Arena game and it's a bitch to get in because every they only have so many gates open and everybody's crammed in there and guess what not everybody has their fucking cell phone out and everybody's like trying to sneak in the metal detectors with their fucking keys in the pocket i mean just give me a break it, it's it's not a nissan exclusive thing and I, I i i and i just don't get the the idea that it's only nissan stadium it's real it's really not no you're you're dead on because I even made the example before we started recording of, I have been one of those fans that suddenly is walking up going, oh shit, someone sent me the ticket. I haven't clicked the link. I've been that guy walking up. I'm ashamed to say, but you know, I've also been the guy who uh, look, it it doesn't matter when I go to TSA security at the airport. I'm getting searched. I'm pretty sure it's the beard. I think I'm on a list, but it doesn't matter when I go to the airport, every airport I go to, I get randomly selected for a search. It happens every time. Oh, there's but, also the person that tries to keep their laptop in yes, or the person that doesn't yes. take off their shoes or their belt and this and that. It uh, The United States of America has a fucking line issue. I do not get it how people can continue to fly and still not know the fucking rules of what you can and can't do. I don't I a- get why people can't have their tickets out. I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense why you don't have your ID ready to rock and roll when you're going up to knowing you're going up to get a beer at a concession stand. And there's also like 30 other concession stands you can walk to. If you see a line at one, walk a few feet and go to the other one that doesn't have a line. I had a Brit tell me in, in Germany one time that, Americans love chili cheese fries and a disaster of a fucking queue, a disaster of a line. Um, but, but in all seriousness, and to put this topic to bed is that Zach is dead on. It, it's, it's really hard to drop the, 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 um, the argument that Nissan stadium is completely a fault here because your average person walking up to the gate is dicking around and doing stuff they know is coming. Like you said about bringing a person, I sympathize with women because I know they got to bring other personal effects into the stadium that men don't have to deal with. But at the same time, like what female going to an NFL game is not aware at this point, almost like eight or nine years into this, that you can't bring a person. It's every it's, and it's not just football games. If you've ever been to an NFL stadium, period, to attend a concert or whatever, and it's the same deal. You have to have the clear bag thing. People are downloading the app as they walk up. They got too much shit in their pockets, whatever it is. It's unfortunately, that's definitely part of it. So the, the, there is blame. <laughs> as much as I hate this phrase, there is blame on both sides. I feel like Nissan Stadium has a lot of things they can still improve on. But, you know, we'll see. You're going to know week one. Uh, which is exactly my segue here. You're going to know week one 
they start playing the cards, how better, how much better it is. I actually bring that up to ask this. Are you going to be disappointed if the stadium is not completely chock full of people week one? Because this is the most amount of excitement that I've seen Titans fans have for a season in a long time. Yeah, it needs to be filled up. And um, speaking of staffing issues, I can't make it to the game because I, I have to work on Sunday. So, uh, it's, you know, I work till 1145 and I'm going to be shooing people out of the gym to get them out so I can uh, get them out of their own house so I can head over to a bar nearby, try to watch the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I but if if I was available, I'd be going. And if if it's not filled up because you're afraid to go stand in a line for 10 minutes, get over yourself. What else you got to do? I mean, come on, go to the game. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. It's against the Arizona Cardinals. It's ex- it should be offensively exciting. Um, it's the first game. Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill. If you can afford to go to the game, go to the game. Don't sit at home. If you logistically can get there and go to the game, go. Go tailgate. Go have some fun. I mean, it's it's going to be an awesome environment, and I really hope the Tennessee Titans fans are there. They're loud, and the Tennessee Titans players continue throughout the whole game to give them something to cheer about. I agree. If you've got the means to go to the game, go. The stadium needs to be as full as possible. Titans fans need to show up and show out and be loud. And and like you said, there's actually a lot of legitimate reasons to show up because don't don't let the fear tweets of the preseason game get you. Right. Right. Yeah. No, just look, listen to us, be prepared, download shit before do it the night before don't, don't be doing this as you walk up to the game but but it also make sure everybody in your friend group is doing it like it don't yeah. you just do it make sure everybody else is doing it too call you exactly be responsible call your buddies and say listen are you being a dumbass right now have you downloaded your ticket don't don't be walking next to me and going oh my god i don't have my ticket i'm gonna walk off from you and make sure shit sally brings in a clear plastic bag Damn, you're gonna go with the Sally Blast. Well, I didn't want to go Karen. I feel like that's too uh, yeah, yeah. It's overused. And plus, Karen is not only gonna march up there with the per- she's gonna announce it in front of everybody that she refuses to go in with it, and that horsey pace does a good thing. I'm sorry. Um, oh, by the way, you cannot bring umbrellas into the stadium. You will be forced to throw them away. <laughs> Mike sent us a picture one time years ago of him going through airport security and saying, look at what's in the trash here. Security had to confiscate and throw away a full set of bow and arrows from someone at the gate. Why did you think that was going to be allowed on an airplane? And why are you in possession of bows and arrows for carry on? That's, that's horrifying. I mean, what are you Hawkeye? I mean, come on, (laughs) give me a fucking break. You ain't the green arrow. Just fucking check the check them. You're gonna jump out of the flight like DB Cooper and bow hunt bears. So I'm sorry. Let me get back on topic here. What specifically about Arizona are you going to watch? I, you don't like Kyler Murray. I don't like Kyler Murray. This is definitely something you and I see eye to eye on, even though he could never see eye to eye with us. Do you see, see what I did there? With I that see joke? what you did there. Uh, what are you watching? Let's start with Kyler Murray. What, what are you watching for in his play? Well, he's not a very good quarterback. And I think people confuse what he does in fantasy football to what he does on the field. In fantasy football, he's a great quarterback because it's all about volume. 
And when you look at players, you don't really care about the efficiency stats as much as you care about the opportunities that a player has to get you points. And he throws the ball a lot. And he, but he sucks at it. And he's throwing the ball like four or five yards, you know, you know, down the field. And since coming into the league, he ranks 23rd in yards per attempt. In adjusted yards per attempt, he ranks 24th. In adjusted net yards per pass attempt, he ranks, um, I believe, 25th. So he's a bottom-tier quarterback in the NFL in these efficiency stats, and the only reason he is basically any good in people's minds is because of volume. And when you when you really compare about it since 2019, Kyler Murray – has started 32 games to Ryan Tannehill's 26 and Ryan Tannehill has a better is number one in yards per attempt since 2019. So Kyler Murray, isn't that great? He's jittery though. And that's the problem. You want to see the Tennessee Titans, like we said in the Chicago game a couple weeks ago for the preseason game, they, they need to be able to contain Kyler Murray because he's not fast per se. He's just got those, Got those small little baby feet, baby legs that just go really fast and you can barely see them. He's like a hummingbird. You know, he's not very big and he doesn't do a lot. He's just very jittery. And jittery, I, <laughs> jittery. He's a jitterbug. And I think that when you look at it, you have to be able to contain him because he's not going to beat you through the air. Spare me this AJ Green is some good wide receiver bullshit. He hasn't been good since what? 2010 I feel like I mean like I know that's an over exaggeration but he hasn't been good in forever he's not going to be good here because even in the jump ball situations that he got yes or last year with Joe Burrow which are within the wheelhouse of what Kyler Murray can do he was still dropping them and still getting manhandled by uh, defensive backs he's not very good and DeAndre Hopkins is good but I think the Tennessee Titans defense has the edge here because their corners are healthy. They're pretty much their whole defense is healthy and their defensive line is very deep. And I know people are shitting on Anthony rush for whatever reason, because I guess they don't you know, pay attention to anything going on outside of their bubble, but th this defensive line rotation is very deep. And I think that is going to help keep people fresh and keep the defense off the field because they're going to be able to pressure Kyler Murray and contain him. So in the instance of Kyler Murray, basically just cover him and just make sure that he only can throw like little three yard outs. Like he normally does. I mean, he's just not very good. I don't, I just don't get this love of Kyler Murray. Yeah. Let me, let me start with AJ green because speaking of fantasy, and like you said, you can't make the fantasy argument for Kyler Murray. You can make the argument for A.J. Green in this. A.J. Green ends up on my team every year, and I don't know how. He's he's one of those players that for some reason I just can't get him off my roster. I don't know if someone you know makes up a trade and gives him to me in the middle of the night, and I'm just not paying attention. But this man has not had double-digit touchdowns since 2015, okay? He hasn't had over 1,000 yards receiving since 2017. A.J. Green is not the man he used to be. He's not going to have a great blowout season in Arizona. And with Kyler Murray, making the Cheddarbug reference, I love saying that he looks like a toddler that's gotten loose in Walmart. 
and is just tearing <laughs> ass down the aisle and the parents are chasing him. That's what he looks like to me every time he scrambles. Um, also, I think he's kind of an ass, so I like kind of watch him fail. I hate to say it, but, you know, you were just discussing about the tip balls at the line. I mean, that, that that's a big factor. I, I know people like to make jokes about be, him being short, but every time that they show the field cam of him lined up on the, on the line of scrimmage, I legit don't see how he sees over and throws over that line. I, I just don't understand how he does it. So I'm really interested to see how the, how the Titans defensive line matches up against that. Um, <clears throat> let me pivot to this. The, there was a topic that I brought up with you before we started recording about whether or not you can legitimately freak out about anything after week one. To me with the Titans, it's this. If the Titans can't get off the field on third down week one, I think you can legitimately say, oh man, I, I don't, I don't know that we've made enough changes. Maybe that's too early to say that, but I think one of the biggest things I have to see outside of the offensive weapons, I want to see the Titans go nuts. They got to get off the field on third down. I mean, it was atrocious last year and I'd really, I don't want to see it week one. Yeah. Panic may be a too strong of a word, I guess. In and my fair opinion. Enough. But I, I definitely think there would be definite cause for concern if the same issues rear their head that you saw last year. Because then what's the excuse, right? You can't say, well, there's no defensive coordinator. Or you can't say not everybody's on the same page because this team all offseason have talked about how great it is to have a defensive coordinator. How great it is that there is clear lines of communication among you know, every level of the defense. So if you see the same disjointed miscommunication riddled defense that you saw last year, there's definitely some cause for concern and it's going to be an issue because you don't want to keep the Cardinals offense in the game whatsoever. They don't have a good run game outside of Kyler Murray. Chase Edmonds is okay. James Connor. I mean, we've all seen James Connor numerous times over at the Steelers it's not anything to be scared of. So there is going to be some real defensive competitive advantages against this team because you don't have to worry about wide receiver too. You don't have to worry about Kyler Murray's deep ball because his yards per attempt aren't, aren't that great. You don't have to worry about a run game, just breaking it off in your asshole. There's nothing you really have to worry about outside of Deandre Hopkins to Kyler Murray. And I, I think that they have the competitive advantage defensively, even though those fucking nerds over at Football Outsiders, who I am convinced at this point don't know anything. I think DVOA is shit at this point because after their derailment of Derrick Henry and you know just deriding him uh, the last two years, and then the fact that they have the Tennessee Titans defense going in they are going to be the worst defense in the NFL. They weren't even, they were the historically bad last year and they weren't even the worst defense last year in, in a lot of the stats, just in third down. So spare me, you fucking losers at football outsiders that you have any clue what you're really talking about. I, I'm just so out on people that just don't really pay attention to the team or come up with these formulas that nobody really knows. Are these formulas legit? Because at this point, I don't think DVOA is a legit formula. I, I are, is, is Tom Gower with football yeah. outsiders. 
I tell most you, depressing man on Twitter. The most depressing man on Twitter. He's the guy that has to find some horrifically negative thing everywhere you go. It's like, oh man, we're in New York. I love riding the subway. And then he's over there going, did you know that 43 people a year fall onto the third rail and are electrocuted to death? Like that's, that's just, it, it, it seems like that's every tweet he has is something negative using a bunch of language that people don't understand. But outside of that, I, I'll move on from that jerk. But I, I really want to see out of the Titans offense, um, I kind of want to see what the team themselves and what the media have been hyping up of. Is this truly an unstoppable front on paper? It looks like on paper, it looks like with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown with, with Tannehill helming this that on paper sounds unstoppable. I want to see evidence of that. I, I hope and kind of think that's why the Titans specifically in preseason and in practice have not given us a big look at that because I think they don't want to give teams any, I'm hoping they don't want to give teams anything to plan for. I kind of want to see that week one. I would love to see a couple of just nasty, unstoppable drives to start that game. Yeah, you definitely, um, definitely want to see all that. And I, I don't think you have really any cause for concern to see that the offense won't roll against this defense. I, I really think this is going to be kind of a blowout game. And I don't mean a blowout game by like 13 points. I, I kind of think that it's going to be like 35 to, you know, maybe 14. Like, I kind of think it's going to be a pretty big blowout. And I'm very interested in seeing – how how they use the personnel that they got, right? I mean, you, you saw that on the depth chart, Chester Rogers is the starting, or currently on an official depth chart, wide receiver three, which you may pencil him into the slot, right? They're obviously going to move all these guys around anyway, so it's kind of like just wide receiver three. And then you, you saw that Jeff Swaim is number one, who's the right tackle, you know, Jeff Swaim is going to be their guy to to block. We, we've said this all offseason. He's going to be the guy for the Tennessee Titans to be in there to run block, to pass block, help when he needs to be. You know, how many snaps does Julio Jones play compared to A.J. Brown or compared to some of the other wide receivers? That's a, that's a huge question. But as far as what we've seen, Julio Jones, and from reports, is that he looks fast as hell in practice this week. Duh. Like, I mean, it's Julio Jones. I mean, there is no cause for concern that he hasn't been practicing in my mind. There's no cause for concern that he can't pick up this offense. Can there be one or two errant passes where him and Ryan Tannehill may not be on the same page? It's possible. I just don't think it's very plausible just because you're talking about two veterans who are probably going to be on the same page right off the bat. I don't know where I land on the statistics of what Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry look like together. You know, a lot of people think that all three are going to walk away with the touchdown. That'd be great. It's very possible, but you just don't know. So I'm very interested in seeing that, how they employ 11 personnel. Do they go more in 11 personnel like Todd Downing did in Las, uh, Las Vegas when he was when he was actually in Oakland? You know, what are this, what does this offense look like without Art Smith 
from a personnel standpoint, from a formation standpoint, and what do they do? Do they do a lot of pre-snap motion? Do they continue that? So I'm very interested in seeing what the Tennessee Titans look like on offense because I know they're going to score points, but how they score the points is what I'm interested in. You think Art Smith is going to be keeping an eyeball on this like the uh, like the ex-girlfriend, the ex-wife, <laughs> wanting to know if they're having a better life after they left? Possibly. He possibly could be. <laughs> he's going to be up night, up nights watching the replay. Julio and all of them are going nuts, and he's just thinking to himself with a single tear. They don't miss me at all. <laughs> they don't Actually, miss their life all. has gotten better. <laughs> um. I got to ask, this is random, but are you going to bet on anything week one? I don't think I'm going to gamble on NFL week one just because you don't know a lot about the teams and it's really hard, especially like over-unders are going to be so hard to bet because who do you know is specifically going to go buck wild? Like, I don't even want to bet on the on the Arizona Titans game because I'm like you. I feel like it could kind of be a blowout, but you just have no idea. I, I am definitely going to bet and – but I'm, I'm taking a different approach. You know, I went for the big bets, the really long parlays and all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of, you know, anytime touchdowns out there, you know, in a few games yeah. and just roll with it. And I think that Derrick Henry will get a touchdown, right? So I think an anytime touchdown there is safe. Am I betting him, A.J. Brown, and Julio all the way, walk away with a touchdown? I don't think so. But, you know, if you do, you may come out with something. I don't, you know, to me, I'm just going to do that. Maybe one, take a couple of games in the early, a couple of games in the afternoon, and then, you know, maybe take a little bit of parlays and anytime touchdowns from there. But other than that, I think that y'all, week one is always not indicative of what the rest of regular season looks like, right? Because you're going to have some fantasy players that go off and then you'll never hear from them again because everybody's still trying to fill each other out. Not everybody is trying to unleash the full potential of their playbook right about right on week one, you know, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how week one fares to how week 18 actually ends up. Specific games that you may be interested in i've got one that i know i'm going to be interested in is just i gotta see texans jags i want to know just how much of a dumpster fire the texans are going to be i'm interested to see urban meyer week one that that game just has all the trappings of just kind of being a dumpster fire i really hope it lives up to being a dumpster fire do you have anything nfl week one that you want to watch uh that I want to watch, uh, you know, that it's kind of a loaded question. Like I yeah. want to see the, you know, the Tennessee Titans obviously beat the Cardinals. And I want to see, you know, uh, basically an earthquake open up in, you know, uh, in Houston to swallow up both the te- Texans and the Jacksonvilles. <laughs> um, that's what I want to see, but I think some games that I'm interested in are the Chargers at Washington. I think that's a really fun game to keep an eye on because everybody's been on the Chargers train. Justin Herbert is, you know, this God that has came from Oregon. Can he keep up what he did in year one and avoid the sophomore slump against a very good Washington defense? And I'm interested to see what the Washington offense looks like too, with Antonio Gibson in year two, 
with the addition of Curtis Samuel, you got Terry McLaurin and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can this team be the top NFC East team? Um, I'm interested to see what the Cleveland Browns and the Chiefs do, right? I mean, that is a huge game from an AFC uh, opponent perspective, an AFC playoff pitcher. Everybody's in on these Cleveland Browns, and everybody's just assuming that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, and they can't be stopped. Well, this Cleveland Browns defense is pretty good, and this Kansas City offensive line probably not going to be that great. So I'm interested to see the Browns, like the Titans and the Bills, are three teams that can keep up with the Chiefs firepower-wise as long as everybody stays healthy. And so I'm interested to see can Odell rebound and will his new gold teeth weigh him down and he lose speed? I don't know. But I'm interested to see that game. And it's kind of weird because it's not a AFC's, AFC game. But I'm kind of intrigued by the Eagles at the Falcons. I'm interested to see what Jalen Hurts can do, what Art Smith does with Matt Ryan. I think that's going to be a surprisingly high-scoring game. And, and I think that that will be a fun game to watch. Well, Zach, I was thinking we were only going to record for about 30 to 45 minutes today. We have somehow almost hit an hour, mainly because we spent 10 minutes talking about Applebee's terrible crap at the beginning. That's what the people tune in for. Exactly what people tune in for. We always pre- appreciate all of you all tuning in. It's Football Under the Ref Words. We're brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Please come check us out. It's football season. You've been waiting for this, and we have plenty of good content up. Quite a bit of good content, I must say. Uh, and yes, we're going to continue what we did last year. We're going to have post-game analysis from every Titans game. I will definitely be on there hosting that. And we're looking forward to it. But thank you for tuning in as always. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends you listen to us. And as always, you've just been out. a Broadway sports media production.